Hi, I'm Steve Mabb, Chair of the Australian Shareholders Association, and we're proud to be hosting the 2024 Investor Conference in Melbourne from the 19th to the 21st of May. And we're stoked that Phil, the host of this podcast, is going to be our special guest MC. If you haven't heard much about the ASA Conference, it's a flagship event that attracts around 300 investors and industry professionals, including the Chair of National Australia Bank this year, the Chair of AGL. We have Dr. Sam Hupert, the founder and CEO of Primedicus, and we've also got Richard White, the founder and CEO of WiseTech coming along, along with many others. For a limited time, new members can enjoy special pricing on registration for the upcoming conference, along with a complimentary 12-month digital membership with the ASA. That's two-day conference registration plus one-year ASA membership for $499, a saving of $150. Simply search for Australian Shareholders Conference Register, click on two-day conference non-member, enter the discount code MEM, as in member, 499, the number's 499, so that's MEM 499 to claim your special offer. Come along and meet me and Phil at the conference. We look forward to seeing you there. And I hope you enjoyed this episode of Shares for Beginners. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Shares for beginners. Phil Muscatello and FinPods are authorized reps of Money Sherpa. The information in this podcast is general in nature and doesn't take into account your personal situation. Try to work out what kind of investment approach you like, you know, what's your investor personality, because there's so many different styles out there, which you can broadly bucket into three or four, which we try to do on our report, because ideally, in our view, you want to find something that matches your personality. The reason that's important, if you don't, again, when you're losing money, you're going to be tested and... What we want to avoid is people jumping ship and changing tack, because that's a great way to destroy capital very quickly. G'day and welcome back to Shares for Beginners. I'm Phil Muscatello. There's a plethora of newsletters that claim to provide smart investment choices for our portfolios. But how do they stack up? Joining us today is Simon Shepard, Principal and Senior Partner at Providence Advisory. G'day, Simon. Hi, Phil. How are you going? Good, good. Thanks for coming back. Pleasure. Simon's a seasoned financial advisor, planner, and personal wealth coach. He's also the brains behind the Investment Newsletter Group, or TING, a project that is tracking the recommendations from leading investment newsletters. Now, we spoke before in March 2023, and I'll link to the previous episode for listeners to do the uh, appropriate background checks on you. But run us through again what you're doing with Ting. So really, Ting's a, um, a research or a screening tool for, for self-directed investors. And the main objective is to track a selection of recommendations from some of the big newsletter services out, mainly focused on the Australian market. Mm. And we've been running just over two years now with the original data set and list of services. So you might call it a, a finder.com for investment newsletters, perhaps. <laughs> Actually, I was looking at finder.com last night and they've got a kind of a list of investment they newsletters. Do. They do. Uh, it doesn't stack up quite as well yeah, as you thought. It doesn't go as far as No, it doesn't go as It's just kind of a review thing, isn't yes, it? Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. This is something that I'm finding intriguing now. What is an investment newsletter? I mean, is that the, the, the correct term? 
It's what we call it, research service, investment newsletter, stock newsletter, stock pick tip sheet is more, perhaps more of an old-fashioned expression. Yeah. But basically, the objective of those, whatever you want to call it, those uh, services is to help investors select investments. Usually, you know, listed Australian shares is the, is the core of most mm-hmm. of the services that we look at. Yeah. And they're usually subscription-based as well, aren't they? Yes, pretty much. We're actually going to be adding one soon that's a different model, which if we get a chance, we'll have a chat about. But mm-hmm. yeah, for the most part, they use a pays type approach. Yeah. Okay, so you've got some milestones or you're hitting your two-year milestone. What are the milestones and what have you reached? Yeah, so I think it's great too. We've just clocked over the two-year mark. In terms of tracking seven of the main newsletters, we so we started building what we call a, a virtual or a, a you know hypothetical paper portfolios back in 1 July 2021 and just clocked over the two-year mark. So sometime in the next week or two, we will release the results and the rankings. So I think that's great news. The longer the data, I think the more reliable the information you can glean as a potential user or investor will be. So it's great to cross that two-year milestone, you know, see how things are, are tracking. So which are the newsletters that you are tracking? Yep, great question. So I can jump on our website, tinglive.com.au, and that's T-I-N-G, which stands for the Investment Newsletter Group. But we, at the moment, the ones we're covering, Intelligent Investor, also known as the Eureka Group, it's sort of a subset of their, their broader service and newsletter, Stockopedia, Morningstar, Simply Wall Street, Motley Fool. Fat Profits and a, a group called Wise Owl as well. So they're the seven at the moment. Hmm. So you've introduced a medal system to make it easier to see who's beating the market yeah. and how it's performing. What's yeah. the medal system look like? Well, the idea is just like a race or an Olympic competition, gold medal being the best performer. The way we categorize it with our ranking system is only one service or newsletter will ever get a gold medal. And that's uh, hopefully one that's beating the market. So far, so good, and also beating all its competitors as well. So gold medal goes to the top service or the top performing newsletter, and then uh, silver would be you know any service that's still doing a good job of beating the market because at the end of the day, that's what we're here for, really. We're not doing this – well, you may enjoy the investing piece, but ideally you want to be able to beat the market. Otherwise, gosh, yep. That's right. <laughs> otherwise, why bother, right? And then the bronze star category really relates to, okay, well, they're maybe not beating the market, but at least achieving a positive return over the measurement period, in this case, two years. And so we just thought, try to keep it as clean and simple as possible, some kind of, you know, graphic and the the sort of the metal ranking seemed like a good idea. Is it easy to compare apples with apples in the case? Because presumably they're going to have different styles and different ways of offering their services to consumers. Yep. Look, it's we try to take a unified approach as best we can, but depending on the style of investing, they do all have different ways of recommending what to buy or what to sell. So we sort of adapt or we start with a rule book where we try to build a portfolio of 12 stocks for each service. So the establishment approach or method is a little different depending on each service. And then once we've Built the portfolios, we stick them in ShareSite, which is a great tracking website to see how they're going. And we've got all that data there in the history. And so ShareSite just sort of spits out the numbers and says, well, this one is uh, doing better than the other. That's right. And that's Mm -hmm. what we feed into the the website reports. Mm -hmm. When you first started this, I remember the last time we spoke here, it was a a response to some of your clients as a financial planner wanted to have uh, an idea of the best way to approach the market is, is that the case is that how it's- yeah definitely part of it or also in, in a weird kind of way 
the clients that would come into our office and then realize that they wanted to try and do it themselves. And so we thought, well, what's another way we can help them to refine that process, to take some of the legwork and the, the heavy labor intensive, if you're doing it properly, the due diligence of the, the plethora of, of different services that are out there. So in a way, it's almost the antithesis, can I say that word properly, <laughs> of like a full service investment planner. It's those the rest of the people out there that want to have a go themselves. And it's a tool to help them, you know, make that decision quicker, right? In an ideal world, it shouldn't be the only tool, but if it can just, you know, independent analysis of a sample of those recommendations from some of those big high profile newsletters, then we think that's a good service. Does it also help investors to have these services to decide when to buy and sell and rather than what to buy and sell? Because there's always that psychological element as well when the markets are going through one of their regular downturns that... You really need your handheld. I think the what's probably the priority. The point of a newsletter, I guess, or a service is let them do the work and the research and sort of ferret out what they like in terms of opportunities, investment opportunities. And in terms of the when, you know, then I guess that's what you call the execution side, as you said, you know, when do you buy, when do you sell, etc. And And so the answer to that depends on the type of what i would call risk management approach you take or rules approach in terms of if things are going really well or if they're not going well what action do you take and if you want to completely outsource that in other words rely on the newsletter then yes the when is really important if you've kind of got your own system then the when is less important so again it just depends on on the type of portfolio you're running and your risk management approach so there have been changes to the services covered and some removals and additions. Why was that? Yeah, look, great question. What we've found over time through history is things never stay the same. So, for example, we actually started covering Lonsec for 12 months, and they're, in a way, a competitor to Morningstar. You know, very big, deep, well-researched investment house, not just direct shares, but managed funds. They supply a lot of financial planners with research. And, you know, the portfolios were doing fine. And then just out of the blue, they cancelled the direct share service. So that's an example where the decision was made for us. Another service we were tracking, which is you know still on the website, but will change soon, was a group called Stocks Down Under. And I'd probably describe them as more of a small cap focus. They changed their pricing model about three or four months ago and sort of wanted to push everyone onto a much more expensive service. So that was sort of the first, you know, alarm bell for us, I guess. The other issue we had with uh, stocks down under, putting aside the performance, you know, neither, whatever, good nor bad, whatever it is, but the just the level or the amount of stocks that they recommended was not enough to, in our view, build a diversified portfolio. So if you were going to use their service, and they had some great calls, don't get me wrong, in our view, you would have probably had to subscribe to something else as well. So, you know, they kind of, yeah, forced our hand a bit. We just we just didn't see value in paying the full the full fee for a limited amount of selections. And, you know, let's hope they're making money for their subscribers. They seem pretty optimistic and believing in their product, which is great. So you should be. So, yeah, from time to time that'll happen. And we always want to try to maintain at least a, a universe or a coverage of seven newsletters. In that case, we swapped out Stocks Down Under for a group called WiseOwl. And that's, um, you know, from time to time we'll have to do that. But hopefully, you know, we, we want sort of a long-term stable coverage universe in inverted commas as best we can. But mm. some things will be out of our control. And is that one of the two that you've added to the 
Oh, no. So wise hour is what we call a swap out. So we, we okay. were, yeah, yeah, we were good question. We managed to, again, jump in that time machine, inverted commas, and go back to two years ago and basically recreate the portfolios. Mm. And so it's, it's as if we started in 1 July 2021. So that was, you know, one of the great things about wise Owl is they are very open and transparent with, you know, what they own, what they've sold, et cetera. So that made it quite easy to go back and recreate the portfolio. So we've just been able to swap it out from mm. Stocks Down Under. And the two new ones? So the two new ones that we are about to launch, they're very high profile actually, and both different styles. The first one is a group called Deep Data Analytics, and they're kind of, I guess, a macro, bottom-up, top-down type style. That's the way that um, Mathan describes it on his website. And then the other one is Marcus Today, again, very mm-hmm. high profile. And, you know, they're probably more of what I'd call a sort of a traditional stockbroking type Lots of stories and color and less data driven like the deep data analytics, more more sort of a little bit gut feel, fundamental, some macro too that we're looking at. And part of the reason we selected those, again, the objective with Ting is to really try to have a good variety of styles and approaches. So hopefully, you know, we pick up something for everybody in, in our service in terms mm. of style. Mm. So for new investors, it can be really hard because they see some of these services and, I mean, it's almost the question, but where do you start? Yeah, exactly. Mm. We're spoiled for choice. Um, <laughs> spoiled for choice, but we, um, with added confusion. Indeed, maybe yeah. too much choice. Yeah. Look, I think the first thing is sort of take a step back and work out what your objectives are. Really important, I think, whether you... you oh, know, you fan- financial advisors uh, always say that. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we've got that in the, the disclaimer as well. <laughs> Indeed. It's about beginning with the end in mind, right? Yeah, so, yeah. you know, what what are you in it for? Why, why are you doing this? Why are you trying to do it yourself? What's your time frame? All those kind of things are important. And understanding that it is really difficult to beat the market. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. it's very hard. And I think the biggest enemy for our last chat is the enemy within, right? The, the mm. inner voice, the psychology. When things aren't going well, you'll be tested. And it's so important to have a robust process and be and be confident in it. So yeah, step one would be work out your objectives. Then step two is research the options that are out there. And hopefully tinglive.com.au can help you do that. It's a great starting point in our view because we've done the work at least on a sample of returns. So you're not flying blind as to whether or not someone's going to make your money with their recommendations. And then step three, again, which we talked about in the past, is really try to work out what kind of investment approach you like. You know, what's your investor personality? Because there's so many different styles out there, which you can broadly bucket into three or four, which we try to do on our report. Because ideally, in our view, you want to find something that matches your personality. The reason that's important, if you don't, again, when you're losing money, you're going to be tested. And what we want to avoid is people jumping ship and changing tack because that's a great way to destroy capital very quickly (laughs) and confidence as well. Mm. And probably the last piece would be, it's not, uh, you know, again, a little disclaimer, fine print on every every report. Past returns aren't necessarily a guarantee of the future, but I think, you know, it's certainly a good place to start. And the longer the data set and the history, and and if that history is demonstrating continued outperformance or beating the market, that's probably a good place to start, but Mm. but do more work from, from that point, of course in terms of research. Not only is it difficult to outperform the market, but it's even more difficult when you take into account the money that's going outgoing to these services and then a share side account, for example. Mm. You really have to factor these into your returns. And, you know, it's okay, you, you might have the bulk of your money in an ETF or a managed fund or whatever, but 
it's really important to keep in mind that all those costs matter as well in your overall returns. It does, absolutely. And I think it's a scale game. In other words, you want to have a minimum pot of money to play with so that you know, those costs as a proportion of your investment capital are reasonably low. So if you had asked me to quantify that, I mean, I, I would think not everybody can afford to do this, but probably $100,000 would be a good start. For better or worse, we just assume like a, a, an imaginary portfolio of 12 positions starting with $10,000 each. We figure that's kind of a good point that is enough size that those costs don't destroy your returns, but you know, not so small as that it's not, you're kind of wasting your time, etc. So yeah. And again, not indirectly, but a screening process for the services we use is, is, you know, cost is definitely a factor. Some services charge thousands of dollars a year and probably on average, the ones that we cover would be in the 500 to thousand dollar a year mark. So as a percentage of a hundred thousand dollar portfolio, you might be half a percent, one percent. And if they can beat the market by half or one percent, there's your hurdle. Obviously, there's other costs as well, but you might have super as well. You might have your own investments or family trust. So, you know, again, it's a scale thing. The more you're multiplying out the benefit of those recommendations across multiple portfolios, then obviously you get more value as well. Yeah, it's a proportional thing, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. 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 So tell us about the other developments and uh, the Spotlight Report. Yeah, so we want to keep developing new ideas and providing more resources for potential subscribers to the newsletters. So we've launched a new product, I guess you call it a a deep dive or a deep analysis of the plan is to review each of the newsletters and we call it a, a spotlight report. And so what it is, is what we would think would be all the useful information that you want to know as a potential subscriber to a particular newsletter. And so on our website at the moment, on the the media and research tab, you'll see a a spotlight report for Stockopedia, which is the first one that we've published. Mm. And I guess, again, not just returns, but what we're trying to do is ferret out across each newsletter what their points of difference might be, what sort of their, again, you know, throwing around marketing terms here, unique value proposition, whatever it is. But the bottom line, what's their magic source? And so the idea or one of the objectives with the spotlight report is to highlight that as well as all the generic stuff. How many stocks do they cover? Do they do other things like ETS, managed funds? What are the rough cost outlines? So on and so forth. So that you can quickly, again, without having to go through you know, 10 different websites, just run this report and great, you've got it all there in front of you, ready to go. Mm. And that work's done for you. So over time, we plan to roll those out for each, uh, each service, each newsletter. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Are you confused about how to invest? LifeSherpa can ease the burden of having to decide for yourself. Head to LifeSherpa.com.au to find out more. LifeSherpa, Australia's most affordable online financial advice. And it's interesting to go through that exercise anyway, just to read about what these newsletters are doing, because it's a, it's a valuable education in terms of the way they approach markets and in turn that you can learn how to impro- approach markets as well. 
Yeah, that's right. And it gets back to that thing we talked about with the investor profiling or the investor personality type. The more you you read and research that, the more you'll get a feel for what might resonate with you as an individual. Mm. Definitely. Did you have any takeaways from the spotlight on Stockopedia? Not really. It's yeah, it's still early days. Obviously, in this case, we the objective is to run it by the actual service as well before we publish it. So we give them the choice for input and stressing that we are independent. So we, we won't. We, if they give us feedback, we don't always guarantee to reflect that in the report because we we want to remain independent mm. and unbiased. But I guess another way of answering your question was we pretty much got an all clear from the team at Stockopedia couple of minor tweaks so that you know that was good that i think we're telegraphing the intent of what that service does and that's what we'd like to do with with all the services over time so again saves you having to wade through 10 or 20 pages of marketing blurb on their websites and you know there's a lot of stuff out there it's great but it's again it's about filtering out the you know the the real information from the noise and the marketing blurb and that's sort of one of the objectives of the spotlight report is to do that work for subscribers get away from the sizzle straight to the sausage exactly (laughs) exactly right and the reason why you're here today is as well because you've just released a quarterly report the latest quarterly report tell us about that Yep, we're just ruled off on the June quarter and a couple of shifts that the winner still at this stage, the gold medal still held by Intelligent Investor for the two-year track record, still you know beating the market by a comfortable margin. And then the silver medal still held by Stockopedia, though in other words, beating the market as well. The bronze medalist, we have one drop off. So at the moment, the only bronze medalist there, and again, to refresh everyone's memory, bronze is just you know, some kind of positive return. So better than sticking your money in the bank or, or, or whatever, not losing money on paper. So at this stage, just Morningstar that are sitting there with a bronze medal. Previous chat or re- report run, we also had simply Wall Street. But, you know, not a major negative return. But again, in terms of our strict criteria for awarding medals, there's only three medal winners on the podium at the moment, so to speak. So again, time will tell. But that's, uh, yeah, that's the main change, I guess, in terms of the shift. And that's no reason to discount or reject any one of the newsletters just based on a particular return over a particular quarter, is it? No, exactly. You've got to look at it in um, a wider context yeah. in terms of what you want to, tra- as you said, what you want to achieve, whether the style of it. I mean, a lot of people like the Simply Wall Street Absolutely. interface. Yes. It's a very, very nice, clean interface as well. Exactly right. And what do they call them? The snowdrops. That's right. Yeah, snowflakes. 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 Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a clever approach. Mm. And so that kind of analysis you know, works well with people who are visual and they're less about crunching the numbers or reading a five-page stock report on why you should own the stock so yeah the great thing about the aussie market and the services the newsletters that are out there there really is something for everyone so we are blessed with uh, plenty of choice so do they focus on particular areas of the market i mean do some of them delve into the small and micro cap ends of markets yeah absolutely absolutely because so- that's where there's a lot of interesting things happening and a lot of innovations yes. That, that, and volatility, of course. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you take the good with the bad. So, And look, that's a great example. So WiseOwl is, which is the new service we sort of swapped out for, for stocks down under, their focus is very much on small cap, which means that returns are, are more volatile. And obviously, over time, you, you hope they're, you know, they're outsized, in other words, beating the market. And I think there's, a, you know, there's, there's common acceptance in the industry that Investing in small caps does have more upside because the simple reason that the big fund managers out there 
it, it just it's not on their radar because the companies are so small a fund manager even if they like the story they couldn't really accumulate a decent enough position to make it worth their while they're just too big they're that's just, right they've got too much that's right and these are too small many funds to deploy too many funds too large so that leaves unpicked opportunities i guess if you want to call that inverted commas or you know the diamonds in the rough whatever sort of analogies but so in a way that's potentially an edge for the smaller investor the diy investor and so just because wisel at the moment sits you know hasn't been awarded a medal doesn't mean there there may not be opportunities there so again the devil's in the detail with how you look at the data and you know we're not here to stick the knife in or promote any particular we want we want to a degree the numbers to do the talking but also understand what's behind the numbers. So that's exactly right. And look, they, to a degree, they all cover less so the data-driven ones like a, a Stockopedia or a Simply Wall Street, but the more traditional ones, to a degree, they all cover small caps. But there are newsletters out there like Wiseow that tend to be more focused on the small caps. So if you look at what they've got in their portfolio at the moment or what we've got in our portfolio that tracks theirs, big predominance of rare earths, mining, biotech, small tech, all things that are really racy and in, in some degrees lottery tickets, right? You might make a you know, 10 bagger or a 100 bagger, but the other nine or 10, you might, you might lose 50%. So then it's not for everybody, right? It just depends on what, as I said, what your objectives are and, and what you can stomach in terms of volatility, things like that. You're looking at a very, very small subset of available newsletters and available stock tipping kind of services. And there's many other different ways of, and there's trading ones as well. And listeners are being bombarded on social media with a lot of different ways of approaching the market. Mm. What would you suggest is a good way to help to filter out the ones that are not for you? I suppose, yeah, like I said before, it's really figuring out what your objectives are and what type of investor well, you well, are. Well, it is. I mean, that's it. But it, but it's also to do, I mean, there's some that are promising incredible gains, mm-hmm. aren't they? <laughs> run run away as fast as you can, mate. Seriously. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> let me ask you this, put it another way. Why, if you had the goose that was laying the golden egg, why would you be selling the goose, right? If you had this amazing trading system that was just printing money all day long, why would you need to earn more money by selling it? It just doesn't make any sense. Mm. So it's really about questioning the logic of, of those systems. And it's interesting you mentioned that because the quarterly newsletter from our head office, there was a piece on exactly what you just said. These AI-driven, because obviously we're in an AI bubble at the moment, artificial intelligence, and uh, promising these you know incredible returns and a black box type trading system. But if it's too good to be true, it usually is. And every now and then I'll get the old client seeing a newspaper ad for you know, amazing returns or, or these kind of things. And, and not once have I ever said, yes, you should, you should invest in it. So yeah, there's no free lunch. There is no free lunch. Mm. You've got to do the work. You've got to put in the hard yards. You've got to ride the ups and downs. And the starting point is what are your objectives and what's the best system for you to use and go and do your homework. Never take it for granted. We'll get back to the show right after this brief message. Why am I buying, holding or selling a share? If you can't answer that basic question, then you don't have a plan. The best investors are ruthless in executing their plans. I've been fortunate to meet many great investors on the podcast. Tony Kynaston is one of the best. He has a clear and systematic approach to investing that is honest, sensible and methodical. It's called QAV, Quality at Value. QAV now offer an excellent light plan for only $29 per month. You can follow their buy and sell recommendations and learn the ropes. And the first month is free using the promo code SFBLIGHT. 
Go to qavpodcast.com.au to sign up. That's qavpodcast.com.au using the promo code SFB Light. Past performance is not a guarantee of future returns. Please read the QAV FSG and consult a financial professional before investing. I receive a small commission for services I recommend, and I only recommend services I use myself. And I think one of the key phrases you just mentioned is trading systems. And if you see the word trading or Forex, yeah. what are some of the other red red flags? Crypto is a big one. Isn't oh, crypto. It? Oh, of course, crypto. It's, it's, the, it's the crowd favorite. <laughs> yeah, so, and right. look, yeah, it's a different kind of, you know, we, it's funny you mention that because in the long term, we, we may launch a similar review of those kind of things, what I call technical trading systems, where the only indicator that the service uses is is price or the trend in price. A common system is called trend following or momentum, sort of another word for trend. But that's very different to what we're talking about now, where everything in our universe and the majority of the newsletters that we track, or sorry, all of them, you know, that what you would call fundamental analysis, right? They're looking at the qualities of an individual investment and some may look at price as well as a, a method of refining when to buy or sell. And that's called technical analysis. But for the most part, this is good old-fashioned Warren Buffett style. What do you want to buy? Why do you like it? Where do you think the opportunity is? So on and so forth. Nothing to do with the price or the price comes after that analysis. So yeah, and you know, if those trading systems work as well, price-based, fantastic. But it's hard to track those, right? It's yeah, it's because it is very opaque. So there may be some out there that do work. But as I said, why would people be selling that? Why would they need to make money selling it if they're you know supposed to be this amazing system that's already making money? Why would you give that away? So mm. that's yeah, I just I'd be very cautious. So this started partly because of your clients looking for ways to assess these particular investment newsletters. Have you had any feedback from any of your clients about using Ting? Yeah, I think just how handy it is and how the fact that it's independent, unbiased, it's not all things to all people, but it's certainly been a positive dialogue so far, positive feedback always demand for more information and more detail but again we're trying to balance out the resources and you can't cover all bases but you're, you're a very small operation i'll just <laughs> yeah, add here right. you know we're not talking uh, you haven't got the office in barangaroo and the, <laughs> yeah, that's right and the hundreds of support staff with the, with the harbour views and the you know barista mm. coffee as you walk in and the, <laughs> the google workspace whatever it is yeah that'd be nice wouldn't that one day but yeah we're trying to as i said exactly right just balance out the resources but the feedback's been it's great that there's an independent source of analysis out there and just a selection tool to, to cut down on some of that legwork that you'd have to do otherwise. Mm. Some of these services offer a model portfolio. What's a model portfolio and how can it help you in terms of tracking what and when to buy? Mm, great question. So a model portfolio is really like a, an off-the-shelf basket, if you will, like a pre-packaged selection of shares so that you don't have to figure out which ones to own. So in terms of the what question that you raised before, that's potentially a useful service for those people that just want to sort of walk in and pick up whatever 10 or 12 stocks. So some of the newsletters do that, some don't. Again, the plan is with our spotlight reports to cover off on if that is a product feature. And, you know, ones that come to mind, actually, you know, really good timing the question because the two services that we're about to add, Deep Data Analytics and Marcus Today, they both offer model portfolios. So that, you know, prepackaged, here's a basket that we like buy them all or buy a selection or whatever. And so again, it takes the guesswork out of or the homework out of having to do that. So that's the the what piece taken care of by certain newsletters. Again, it depends on your personality and what, you know, how hands-on and detailed and controlling you want to be versus how much you want to outsource. Because the other side of it is filtering. 
most of them offer a filtering option. Yes. And it's, you want to be able to filter in certain terms. And if you're not an investment e- expert, yeah. you don't even know which filter to start with. But I think it's really important. <laughs> One of the main filters is, is the company making money? Yeah, good place to start. <laughs> That's a really good place to start, <laughs> yeah, isn't it? It is a good place to because start. Because there's so many companies on the ASX that actually don't even make any money. Exactly right. Mm. Yeah. And I think, you know, the small cap space is, again, more, you know, you have to be prepared to look at that blue sky, so to speak, right? So you're betting on the future of something turning around or having that growth. And so, again, certain services will have a lot more flexibility in terms of, I call it screening, filtering, whatever you want to call it. And you can tell the machine or the search engine, hey, I want, I only want to look at, you know, please return in my search all companies that have got a positive earnings per share. In other words, they're making money. And as you say, <laughs> that'll cut out half the market, right? <laughs> so again, it depends on how you want to approach it. But yeah, there's plenty of ways to slice it. I think it's also worthwhile thinking about in terms of if you buy an ASX 200 or an ASX 300 ETF, how much is weighted to the banks and to mm-hmm. the miners and so forth. And part of the investment journey is learning about which companies are better than others in the same space. So when you're putting your, together your own portfolio, you might want to own a bank, but why do you need all the banks or why do you need all the all the miners. Yep. And it might be a, a good way to start thinking about it and how to filter out and construct your own portfolio, but to get a little bit more diversification as well. Yeah, well, that's right. So you could look at that two ways. You could start with the market or the ETF and then replicate it in your own way, as you say. So you're not going to own the big four. You're going to use whichever the newsletter service to work out which of the banks do they prefer or which do I prefer using their tools to screen those different characteristics that are important to me as an individual investor, whether that's a high return on equity or a low price to book and, you know, whatever those measurement yardsticks are. So again, you know, that's a good point. Or the other way you could do it is you could say, look, I'm going to take my $100,000 and I'm going to put half in the ETF. In other words, whatever the ASX 200 Vanguard Australian shares, for example, or STW, same thing, tracks at 200 and say, I'm going to put half in the market and the other half I'm going to use whichever newsletter to try to beat that half that's in the market. So in a way, you've got your own mini coach or accountability coach there because you've got money in the market. And in a way, it's a hedge as well. If you blow yourself up, probably not the right expression. Let's hope nobody does. But if you have losses on the, you know, the active part of your money, the other half is going to be hedged or insured. The fact that whatever the market returns, so it was nearly 15% year just ended for Aussie shares, I'm going to earn that 15%. In a way, that's what they call sort of a core and satellite approach where you've got your core exposure and then you build the satellites around that with discretion. So And an automatic benchmark built in. Exactly right. It's just mm. like an accountability buddy, right? Mm. Right there, because you can see the returns from the market. <laughs> there's, there's no lying to yourself in that case. And I mean that in the nicest possible way, but we're only human and we've got these subconscious biases when we invest like we do with anything in life. So mm. the more you can short circuit that stuff, the better. And that might be one way to do it, to have an ETF in your portfolio. And of course, these newsletters don't um, offer any advice on position size as well. That's so true. That's exactly right and that's why again it comes down to doing as much work as you can whether with an advisor or some profiling tools whatever it is on a your investor type or your personality and then b some kind of risk management plan which is i think you know crucial because as we've said in various chats and today it's not all the newsletters help that well with that part and they don't necessarily purport to say that that's their job but you know that rule book's really important because you've got to be prepared for when things aren't going well 
or when they're going really, really well, and then the greed takes over the logic. So, yeah, it's such a good point. Okay, Simon, so tell us the name of the website again and how people can get, sure, get in touch with sure, you. Sure, sure, yep. You've uh, got no social media, I believe. <laughs> it, what, what are you, are you doing are in you, this Are you volunteering, Phil? You want to do my Facebook page for <laughs> I'm me? I'm in trouble with my own. <laughs> yeah, there we go. I'm lucky to post a you know, photo of a family holiday to Cairns once a quarter, let alone anything. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows one day. So, yeah, website at this point tinglive.com.au so ting t-i-n-g yep. Yep. ting stands for the investment newsletter group tinglive one word dot com dot au if you jump on the next week or two and subscribe you'll get the benefit of the results for the two newsletters that we're going to be releasing shortly because we've got some one year results for those coming up so yeah jump on the you know free to subscribe the reports go out quarterly as i said we're we're expanding we're putting out spotlight reports for each service adding two new newsletters so we'll be up to nine and you know welcome any feedback there's a comment section when you subscribe so any suggestions we're all ears no guarantees but we'll do our best yeah and presumably this is a great way to learn about investing because you you're, you're asking the kind of questions that investors need to ask to so get important. better investing exactly yeah and it gets them thinking about what is important and what, what are they looking for in a newsletter really important okay Simon thank you very much for joining me again thanks Phil good to see you thanks for listening to Shares for Beginners you can find more at sharesforbeginners.com if you enjoy listening please take a moment to rate or review in your podcast player or tell a friend who might want to learn more about investing for their future hi I'm Daniel founder of Pretty Litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain I learned this the hard way after losing my cat Gingy so I created Pretty Litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.